Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi there. I want to talk to you about Doug. No, you're okay. This one, real fucking up. Monkey, this is not Nam. This is bowling. There are rules. Hey, Walter, come on. Oh, you're from the neighborhood. You're right. Hello and welcome to the Cult Film Companion Podcast, the home of movies that are off, under, and ahead of the cinematic radar. My name is Chris, I am your host, joined as ever with my co-host extraordinaire, Andrew, how are you today? Surviving my life, thank you very much. Are you close enough to this microphone? I absolutely am. <laughs> All right. I can tell by what's going on in the computer in front of me. So okay. we are good. Talking about good, I want you to introduce you to a little something called Dio at dioconnect.com. Audio made simple. Dio's custom-designed iOS Wi-Fi node speakers play throughout your home or office to provide synchronized playback as you move from room to room. You can choose where they play. Dio Technologies is a proud partnership with Blind Knowledge. Of course, Blind Knowledge is a creator's collective full of amazing podcasts and videocasts from around the world featuring so many fine creators putting out quality content for everyone. There's there's something there for everyone, guaranteed. And to help celebrate that, go to www.doconnect.com backslash blind knowledge. Doconnect.com backslash blind knowledge for a very special launch promotion today. Cult Film Companion Podcast is also a featured podcast on Newsly. Newsly is an audio app for iOS and Android. It picks up web articles about the most trending topics on the web at any given moment and then reads them to you in a natural human voice. For the first time in the history of the internet, the entire web becomes listenable. Browse from articles from topics that you choose and start playing. Stop scrolling. Start listening. You can follow any topic as specific as you'd like, from sports to science to Bitcoin to the Kardashians to movies, and find the latest articles and then read them to you. Plus, they have podcasts. Explore trending podcasts from over 50 different countries. Our podcast, The Cult Film Companion, is there too. Download and use Newsly for free now from www.newsly.me or from the link in the description. And please use the promo code C-U-L-T-F-1-L-M. That's Cult Film. Drop the I, pop it a one, and get a month-free premium subscription. So thank you to Newsly. Thank you for Dio at Dio Connect. And thank you to The Blind Knowledge. They help bring this show to you. And we, of course, love doing this show because we love our audience and we love our fans and we love when we get feedback from you. So please hit us up on Twitter at Cult Film Comp, Instagram, also Cult Film Comp, or shoot us an email, cultfilmcompanion at gmail.com. Tell us what you like, tell us what you don't like, give us recommendations for movies, all that great stuff. 
we look forward to it. It's we want to grow this cult film community, and we couldn't do it without you. And speaking of the audience saving something, we're talking about Empire Records, which was pretty much saved by it by its audience. Um, How so? Well, Empire Records was released September twenty second, nineteen ninety five, and initially was going to have a very large marketing campaign and also have a you know really wide release across you know across everywhere you know hundreds of thousands of theaters instead it was dumped into about 88 87 theaters marketing campaign was cut movie bombed at the box office the audience found it on home video and has kept it alive to this very day on the road to becoming a cult movie. Yes. Okay. So we've got all the all the basics here for your um, standard cult movie. This movie was written by Carol Heikenin, who based this movie on her town ta- uh, at her time working at Tower Records. Okay, it's got a Tower Records feel to it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I miss those days. I do. Yeah, I miss I miss having. St- places like empire records around yeah they're not they're they're uh they're few and far between now they're out there and if they're around you please support those places because they need your help more so than any box kind of place box kind of place you mean like like walmart target like, oh they, sure yeah the, fr- yeah, the, the chains the, yeah, and they, even though tower records was a chain it was still cool and it had an independent feel to it it did and I, I, when I lived in uh, L.A., I was always going to Amoeba Records, which is still there in Hollywood on Sunset uh, Sunset Boulevard, I believe. Awesome. Or Monica, and San, Santa Monica. Uh, but it's an independently owned uh, record store. They have vinyl. They have CDs. They have everything in this day and age. It's, it's, it's awesome. Yeah, we need places like that. If you're in the Northeast, the closest place that I can recommend, because we are, and uh, we're coming to you from uh, Providence, Rhode Island. Check out Newberry Comics, and they oh, yeah. have a great selection of CDs, vinyls, and uh, movies, toys, comp man, and some comic books. Yeah. <laughs> it's, they're tucked kind of in the back now, but they are available there. I want to check it out. So, uh, yeah, we'll check it out someday. But let's talk about Empire Records. Yep. So this movie came about because of two odd things happening well not really odd but interesting so before this there was a little movie that came out called the bodyguard starring kevin costner and whitney houston you know that was originally written for diana ross and ryan o'neill back in the 70s i did not know that yeah just a little tidbit well yeah proceed okay thank you um (laughs) but that movie did very, very well at the box office. but It did? <laughs> I'm kidding. Of course it did. <laughs> I was. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow. Yeah, it was... It was a, and then that song. <laughs> well, that, and that's the point that I'm getting to, is that this soundtrack blew up. This soundtrack was popular as all get out. So the latest thing in Hollywood... For the bodyguard. W- yeah. Yes. The latest thing in Hollywood was, well... We got to get a good movie, a popular movie, but we also have to have a really good soundtrack. Soundtracks that we can sell. Yeah. So this was kind of uh, so they kind of came across this script and um, 
they were like, okay, it's set in a, a record store, so we can have, you know, it's all going to be all about music, so we can have a really cool um, uh, soundtrack to go for it. And um, one of the executives um, who um, probably regretted this decision, but I'm glad that he did, uh, turned down Clueless... To do Empire Records. To do Empire Records. Uh oh. Uh, I didn't do much for his wallet. No, I objective, uh, objectively think that this is the better movie. But uh, really, you like you like Empire Records better than Clueless. Oh, absolutely. Okay, gotcha. Absolutely, gotcha, gotcha. Um, yeah. Clueless <laughs> is based on like some Emily Bronte novel or something, isn't it? I think it's got its origins in that. I have no idea. Okay, anyway. Um, so, yeah. The Turn Down Clueless, We Got Empire Records, so they ha- um, hired Alan Moyle, who I think they hired because he had previously done Pump Up the Volume, which is also a teenage... Uh, music kind of movie. That's right, because he's a DJ operating from... He's well, a, he's a DJ talk radio dude yeah, operating from his basement. Operating from his ba- pirate radio, playing uh, the music that he wants to play, music that they won't play in other things, and riling up the, t- the teenagers with his talk. And Well, that's Pump Up the Volume. Maybe we'll cover that someday. But back to Empire Records. <laughs> so they got this script, um, $10 million budget, and it was filmed... I think it's set in Delaware. Okay. But it's on some coastal town because they're on a bay. Yeah, I think it's set in Delaware, but it was filmed in North Carolina. Oh, probably Wilmington. I think so. Yeah, where they did Dawson's Creek. They do a lot of that there. But it's got to be close enough because one of the characters that kind of sets off all the events travels to Atlantic City over the course of one night, so... Um, right. So it's got to be relatively close to New Jersey. Yeah. So. All right. But, um, Angie, you want to hit us off with the cast and the characters for this ensemble movie? Well, I can. I wrote down the characters. I don't have too much of the cast. So I'll maybe try you to, can fill in. I'll fill in the blanks if you got them. All right. Well, I know Joe, who is the manager uh, and the boss at the Empire Records, is played by Anthony Le Pet. Lapaglia? Lapaglia. Right. P L A G. Lapaglia. Yeah. Okay. I, who's your favorite? Uh, what? Itali- he's my favorite Italian Australian uh, actor. Yeah, if you, if you born see- and raised in Australia, yes, I think. So he, he d- is. ditches the accent. And then, yes, he does then a very does- good American accent. But if you ever see interviews with him, and I actually think that he breaks his accent in one movie. Um, I want to say it's Analyze That. And is it he's, unintentional? He like, yeah. Oh wow! Because um, yeah, and analyze that he's spo- he, he, in a role that he portrays a lot. He's uh, an because he, he looks like an Italian American gangster, right? So he's playing a gangster, and then like after the scene cuts, I remember that he starts talking in his native tongue, which is an Australian accent, and it kind of pisses off Robert De Niro. He's like, they got an Australian to play an Italian guy. <laughs> so that's a completely uh, meaningless tangent, but yes. We not necessarily, ju- not okay. necessarily, because he, that's, that's, the, that's the, the gravitas that he brings to Empire Records. Um, he really is the anchor uh, in terms of acting with that movie. 
because um, everyone is pretty much younger, you know, and right. although very talented, they're not as experienced as he is. And he's got no. to carry the drama of uh, the money being gone for right. that day, the earnings from the previous day being totally gone. So, and this is a big deal. And you don't you wouldn't accept it as a big deal unless his acting uh, pulled it off. And it does. Yes. Yeah. And he also acts at as a surrogate father figure to most of the people that work for him. Including, including... Especially. Yeah, including especially, Lucas, who is responsible Lucas. for the loss of the money. Right. It's a very interesting dynamic, definitely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. So, uh, continuing, we have uh, Maxwell Caulfield from Greece 2 playing Rex Manning, a washed-up pop star. Pop star. Former TV show. Oh. Yeah, he was also, because they mentioned that he was on a TV show. Okay. So I kind of think of, he was kind of like on a Partridge Family show, and then he kind of like sprung a music career out of it, that kind of thing. And he's still coasting on that, even though it's it's on the decline. He's not very happy about doing this tour, uh, this album signing tour, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And we'll get into that. And then we've got, so we've got Gina who is played by uh, a very young Renee Zellweger, maybe one of her first leading roles in a movie. I think so. Yeah, she. I mean, it's, she's almost unrecognizable. She's so young. Um, we have Corey by Liv, uh, with Liv... Um, not Tyler. Liv, um, <laughs> Liv Tyler. Liv Ullman is like a Swedish Igmar Bergman actress from the... No, Liv, right, Liv so Tyler is the Liv daughter Ty- of Stephen, Stephen Tyler. Tyler yes. I know, I know. And Liv Tyler is a very uh, talented and very natural actress. I do enjoy her work. Yes. Um, she is, so she's in this. We have um, the character Deborah, who is troubled and uh, has suicidal tendencies, shaves her head as soon as she comes into work for the day. Robin as Tooney. As the movie starts. And who is it again? Robin Tooney. And she's she was in The Craft. I yes. remember her in The Craft. So after she, she shaved her head for this movie, and then so if you um, rewatch The Craft now, um, she's wearing a wig throughout the entire movie. <laughs> because she had no hair. She had no hair. All right. Uh, we have Lucas. Really sweet, funny, lovable Lucas who has um, taken the money, the whole earnings from a whole day of work during his closing shift. $9,100. $9,100. And he has also caught wind of the fact that Empire Records is going to be sold to a big chain called Musicland or something. Some bullshit like that. Musicland. And uh, so he decides that he's going to gamble this money in Atlantic City and make a fortune, which he almost does. So Actually, he, he wins the first round, so he doubled his money, <laughs> and then he says, let it ride. Oh. Because well, all of a sudden, he becomes like this weird Zen guy. Yeah. Well, uh, would, hasn't he always been like that, though? I think that's No, because of... all the characters are mentioning, like, you used to be normal. What happened to you? <laughs> they were like, yesterday you were fine. Now you're like a... Because somebody says, now you're like the guy from the Karate Kid. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. The <laughs> Chinese guy from the Karate Kid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, he, everything he answers is very, <laughs> is very cryptic. And in one way or another, kind of relates to... The uh, the theme that the that the independent store is going to be sold to a corporate chain, right? Uh, and t- until the secret, until the cat's out of the bag with everybody, 
so and then he, he he stops. So he does have very admirable intentions. Oh my, he's a, yeah, and you can tell. And the actor who plays him is really good. Do we do we have his name on hand? Rory Cochran. Okay, very good, very good job. All of these all of these actors are have you know innate talent. Uh, we have Jane, who is Rex Manning's agent or manager, and she is played by the totally awesome Debbie Mazar, uh, who um, grew up, didn't grow up with, um, kind of was uh, beaten around the back streets of New York City with Madonna before both of them made it. Uh, and so their their story is kind of like, you know, a rags to riches Friendship. Yeah, she had her big breakout role in Goodfellas. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. She was. She's also a very talented makeup artist, so I know she's done that for a long time as well. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. And then we've got AJ, who is a musician, artist, artist. I'm sorry, an artist who is in love with uh, Liv, Liv Tyler, played by Liv Tyler. Right. Uh, and then we also have Mark, who is um, a spaz, and we see him go into all sorts of um, energetic, uh, con- I, I, I don't want to use the word seizures. <laughs> no, he's very, he's very excitable. Uh, he's also the uh, stereotypical stoner, although they, the, one of the things was that, and we'll get into the... Um, the changes in the script that they couldn't explicitly ever say marijuana or they couldn't say that anyone was taking drugs. So you when don't, he gets, you don't even see them smoking a joint during breakout back or something like no. that. You know, like in, in that 70s show, you would have them. You remember the camera would be where the bong is. Right. And they would all be around the camera like they're sitting yeah. over the bong talking. So well, nothing even like that. There's no indication that n- anyone's smoking any weed. No, he just he's delivered some special brownies at one point. All right. Well, I was wondering about that, but they didn't really say. No, anything he says about lots that. of sugar. That's the joke that he makes. You know, and at he one, goes, "I use my special recipe." You know what that means? Lots of sugar. So but, okay. And you, all right. So we never see anyone get high on those brownies at the end when they're doing the whole uh, benefit, the whole money raising thing. No. Okay. All right. So, and then finally we've got Warren Beatty, <laughs> played played by Brendan Sexton the Third, who is also in Welcome to the Dollhouse, Pecker, Cecil B. Demented. He made uh, quite a little niche for himself as a as an actor uh, in movies for a while there, and he plays this kid who's shoplifting, and um, they like him so much that they end up probably hiring him in yeah. the end. Yeah, even though. And just a quick note, this just came up, and I forgot to mention this, and I had come across this in my research. So, Burko, who's the musician that works at the store. Oh, right, with the with the dyed black hair. Right. Yep. Is portrayed by Coyote Shivers. That's, his, that's his stage name? That's his professional name? That's... His actor name? Yeah, that's okay. his stage name, Coyote Shivers. And originally, they wanted... They wanted the real musician. They wanted Billy Joe Armstrong of Green Day oh, wow. to do it, but he did not. Okay. And so, so this is bizarre. So he lied about his age to get the part. They hired him. Now, this is very bizarre. He was, at the time, married to Bebe Buell. Does that name mean anything to you? No. 
doesn't mean anything to me either. What it is, though, was that Bebe Buell is the birth mother of Liv Tyler, making <laughs> Coyote Shivers her stepfather at the time. Oh, my. What a tangled weave, oh, web we have weaved. We certainly have. <laughs> we certainly have, Hollywood. Oh. Okay. Uh, so, wow. All right, so let's let's go let's go on. Anyway, his singing that provided that that is his singing at the end. I is think a lot, it is. Yeah, it's a lot. It's got to be because it's a lot of it is spoken and then sung. Yeah. Same thing with Renee Zellweger. It is her voice. We know she can sing. She was in Chicago and right. she's done other stuff. Uh, so it was fun seeing them perform at the end in the band that they had together. Interestingly enough, on the official soundtrack when it was first released, that song "Sugar High." Yeah. That is not Renee. If you just listen to the soundtrack, if you just buy the soundtrack, it is not Renee Zellweger on there. Well, isn't that a what the? But there is a ver. You can now get the version with her actual vocals available. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure you can online. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. But that was one of the things that happened with the soundtrack. That happens all the time with with soundtracks. They'll do oh, that right. all the time. They did that with Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. Remember when they released it? They didn't use that singer. Right. Yeah, they we could do a whole. To, yeah. I mean, the whole movie "Crybaby" is Johnny Depp's not singing. Right. And, no. Right. Right. He so. the 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 demos weren't um, up to par. He was nervous. But anyway, um, and yeah. Anyway, so carrying on, I'll let you. I'll, I'm throwing it back at you. Okay. So, um, just another behind the scenes thing. They wanted um, the record label that they went for to kind of produce this soundtrack was A and M Records. Because the Gin Blossoms were very popular at the time, and their new single was going to be the lead single for this movie, and you can hear it throughout. Um, Empire Records. Empire Records. Okay, so did uh, did it work out that way? They took on the soundtrack release. A M A N M Records. Okay, so, so it was we across, have a, yeah, even though it was the same uh, same label. Yes, it's still a cross promotion, basically. Right. Okay. So yeah, because they had wanted to go with um, Atlantic Records, but they decided to go with A and M Records just because uh, because of the Jim Blossoms, and, okay. and that led to a lot of the other songs peppered throughout this movie. We should note that this is kind of our start. We're 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 going to do a, a string of musicals. And this movie is close enough to a musical because we've got straight-up lip-syncing. We've got lots of dancing. We've got music videos in it. Yeah. Um, and I came across this in my research. In 2020, there was to be a Broadway musical adaptation of this. I am so surprised. But COVID <laughs> put the kibosh on that. So oh. there has been anything but... This movie oh. would lend itself very well to being a musical. It would, but come on. I mean, th- this is, they call them jukebox, mu- jukebox musicals. Musicals that already have a soundtrack and then they're trans, you know, they're transformed into a Broadway show. Right. I mean, they did that with some, they did that with Footloose, they did that with Saturday Night Fever. They did that with Xanadu, but Xanadu, but Xanadu was already a musical. And also, Xanadu is very self. Uh, mocking at right. the, the Broadway show. So, but I mean, no. I don't I, yes, I agree with you, but if they actually wrote original songs, then we would have something a little more interesting if they took this basically uh composite soundtrack 
of other bands that had already these songs were already released. Right. So I mean, if they're if they're doing that, <laughs> it's gonna. I be... don't know. We don't. I don't know what they were doing. All right. With it. I'll, so I'll get off I mean, it. there's yeah, there's no I'll reason for it. us to All pick right. apart something that. All right. I'm with you. I much rather like uh, the only song that I want them to carry through from the original soundtrack is that there was no way in hell they could do a Broadway adaptation of this and forget about Rex Manning's Say No More, Mon Amour. Oh, of course. That would have to be a staple. I mean, especially since we've got a Rex, a Rex Manning day. Now, you say... <laughs> I'm not, all right. Let me, let me calm down. Yes, I'm please. sure we've got Rex Manning fans here, okay? <laughs> this, this movie is... We're dropping this episode on April 8th, which is Rex Manning Day. Now, this is a, this is a thing. This is a big deal. You'll, if you are on Twitter and you are an Empire Records fan, you your timeline will be Rex Manning Day all over the place. So how many... I mean, how many people are we talking about here? Thousands. Right? Okay. All right. So I... I, w- I have no intent to uh, make fun of anyone, any of these fans of Rex Manning. I know that it's, I know that it's, that you're in on the joke, okay? It's like, it's, I know that he's, he's this uh, cheesy, washed up pop star. Right. So I'm in on the joke. I get it. I get it. And there is a lot of fun with it. Absolutely. But I mean, eesh, that, and you actually like that song. I don't. I don't. I, do. I don't. Yeah. Well, it's interesting in the in that uh, in the you know alternate scenes or the deleted scenes. They had a whole ending where they you know they performed on the rooftop to There's this a, huge crowd. They're and they doing performed. a punk rock version of yeah. So that was fun. That was cute. Sure. Sure. Yeah, say no more, Mana more. Yeah, you know. I'll I, bring I, you my love and right no, to your front door. You know, it, it wears fast for me. I just got to tell you, okay. it really does. And they really do like the song, like in the in the movie. The, the 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 staff of the store actually for the most part like the song because when the song comes on they all perform to it oh but they're doing that so ironically yes they are but they know all the words they know because they probably that's probably you've heard it a hundred thousand times yeah i could tell you when i worked at target yeah like i i could tell you the soundtrack oh yeah 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 but i I remember that yeah from home let me just let me just listeners just dig some of these poetic lyrics okay go for it you say you're feeling lonely in your canopy bed. <laughs> say no more, baby. I'll be running every red. Stop it. Stop. Stop. <laughs> you're telling everything to me with that look on your face. But say no more, baby. Let's cut to the chase. <laughs> say no more, mana more. I'll bring my loving right to your front door. Oh, lips off a kissing, baby. All right, enough about Rex. Keep going. Keep going. Now you. Now it's fun. Now it's fun. No, no, no. No, Maybe at the at the it's funny, but now now you're getting into it. At the end, I at the end of this episode, stay tuned. I will sing the entire Rex Manning song. I promise. Oh, I'm looking forward to this. Okay. Okay. So. All right. (laughs) But uh, uh, no, it's a very much an in joke. But actually, one of the memes, the more popular memes, is that we have um, that character of Mark saying, we can't, we mustn't dwell, not on Rex Manning Day, which is great. (laughs) (laughs) You mustn't dwell on Rex Manning Day. No, I think it's, I think it's, I think the only person in that store that genuinely likes that song is Liv Tyler's character and Renee Zellweger's character. 
I think okay. they genuinely like it. But well, Liv Tyler, and that's something we, we we'll have to bring up. So all these characters have their own. You know, for an ensemble cast, they all have little story arcs going on. They certainly do. Which I mean, and all come to you know fruition during this one day. Right. We work. have we have Joe finding out that the money is stolen from Lucas. Um, the money's gone, and he really wants he wants to own Empire Records. I mean, yeah, and that's his goal. He has goal. a plan. He has yeah. a financial he plan was to gonna, buy it. Yeah, he was going to save it from being a music land. Uh, we have AJ's story arc of being uh, the quiet best friend of Liv Tyler, who's secretly in love with her. Um, saying, today is the day by one i I'm going to tell her I love her. These characters are a riot. Right. They're so quirky. And All of them. We have Mark who decides that he's going to start a band. He doesn't know what kind of band, but he's decided that if someone tells him, first you got to find out what the name of your band is, then you know what kind of band. You need to have a name first, then you'll know what kind of band that you have. He's thinking, I was thinking Mark. <laughs> that cracked me up. <laughs> and so the response is, okay, well, you could spell it with a, with a C yeah, instead he's of like, a K. He's like, well, my name's with a K, so maybe I'll do it Mark with a C. <laughs> And then we have kind of, um, and then we have um, Corey's story arc of being a closet speed freak who gets she into is. Harv. Who gets I thought into... she was taking Valium because Liv Tyler is just so, you know, naturally. So yeah, exactly. I but, thought it was the opposite. But then when she has her outburst, when she breaks down, yeah, that's a speed then you're like, okay, that's down. where the speed freak comes in. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, so she has this nice story arc of, of getting accepted into Harvard and accepting AJ and telling her, him that um, she she loves him, but she just wishes he was going to do more. And he decides he's going to go to art school in Boston so they could be close together. Aww. Everyone's got a really nice story arc. Uh-huh. Renee Zellweger, um, well, I mean- she talks about how she wants to be a lead singer. But she never has the er, the nerve to do it. By the end of the movie, she's up on the marquee singing. Yep. yep. And even even um well not even but we have this um we have the transformation transformation of um Robin Tooney's character, who's been kind of I guess kind of friend zoned out of like this relationship she thought she had with Burko, um because she like went to the club and like she wasn't on the guest list and like she apparently tried to. She, she tried to kill herself. Yeah. She comes into work, shaves her head. Pulls a Britney. Yeah. And they do it like G.I. Jane style. Right. Where it's actually her shaving her head in front of the camera. I have to say, there is one scene right before she shaves her entire head where she's kind of got just like half shaved. Yeah, it looks good. It does. I thought she was going to leave it. I wish she did. <laughs> yeah. Like, she looked... Uh, not uh-huh. to say that she's not an attractive actress, but I was like... The full. I'm not a big fan of the buzz cuts. Please, Will Smith, don't smack me. Um, <laughs> but, but I think the like the one half shaved. Like I was like, that is a good look. And it then she was. shaved everything off. I and know. I like, and then, but and then they they had like this fake funeral for her to to know that she isn't. She feels like invisible. I yeah. think she kind of feels like. So like this this is beautiful story arcs going on with these quirky characters. And not one of them is unlikable. No, like, and that's a that's that's huge. Even the shoplifter Warren Beatty, <laughs> as much as like like, like, I'm like he's a shoplifter and he like he is a doofus, but you can't not like. 
He just yeah. wa- and you know the his story arc is that he wants to he's always wanted to work there. I mean, <laughs> he's always wanted to work there, and he's been jealous of the people that do. Right. Yeah. 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 And I, but so the, they give him an honorary badge, name tag, necklace, and thing then at the before, while he's hauled off so, by the by the cops for the second time. I was gonna day. say. So his story arc is great because he starts out as a shoplifter. They bust him, and then they just bust his. Balls. They're like, look what you stole. Rap, metal, rap. <laughs> that's Lucas. Whitney Houston. Yeah, he's, he's, <laughs> he's like, like that's, that's for, for my, my girlfriend. girlfriend. He's like, sure, Warren. <laughs> then they make him po- like they make like that's like what they do shots. with their shoplifters. Like <laughs> they, 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 they make hold them hold, what you, what hold you up, shoplifted. Hold up what you shoplifted. <laughs> they take your picture. And then to add insult to injury, he's got to pose with Rex Manning. <laughs> And I love the scene. Then he's got this great. He's got this great dialogue, where he's like, like where Mark's like, I gotta get Rex Manning his water, and and then um, Lucas just goes, Mark, who's your favorite singer? And he goes, Axl Rose. And he goes, and Lucas just looks at him. He goes, Mark, think about it. If Rex Manning was broken down on the side of the road, do you think Axl Rose would stop and help him out? And he's like, Well, it depends if he had a carjack. And then, and then Warren's like, no way, man. Axel would just, like, pound on the metal. Yeah. Run over that guy. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, um, man. Yeah, we get all perspectives. The, the only thing that can make this movie better is if there was a deleted scene of Axel Rose helping Rex Manning change a, a flat tire on the side of the road. Oh. I don't know if I could live with seeing that to tell you the truth no i think my that could that could scar me actually maybe you know maybe slash slash seems like a more agreeable fellow slash is a more agreeable fellow right yeah, i mean he's friends with carol king i think he's friends with everyone yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Have, you, have you heard that have you heard the story about tracy lord's dating uh slash no, let's uh, we'll we'll let's you you don't want to hear that you don't hear that not not now all after right, the show right, I right. do want to hear it but okay. the, we got to save some some goodies for when we finally do our uh, Tracy Lords is that who you said yeah when we do a Tracy Lords episode we'll oh wow that. okay fine so yeah, stay tuned people yeah and remember I will be singing yeah <laughs> say no more one on more do not so yeah leave your computers <laughs> um. So yeah, that's one of the things I like about this movie so much is that all these characters they have they all have their own per- distinct personalities, their own little quirks. We got the one guy that just loves vinyl, <laughs> just Who's like that. He's I don't forget what his name is, but okay. he's, he's like the dirty scraggly guy who brings in. Pe- he's also a pizza delivery man. Okay. Um. But he just like lives in the vinyl section. Yeah, vinyl's um, great. Oh yeah, and it yeah. does sound better when you listen to stuff on vinyl. And then uh, I think the one of the dick moves is though, like they they had this game where they um they pick out a color of M and M's, and if you have the right color M M&M, and M, you get to pick the first song for the day. <laughs> and Mark wins, so he puts on like this pop punk song, and then I guess there's veto. We kind of learned like the the rules of the store. There's veto power. You yeah. can veto it. There's like a big Kmart blue light special like lights and an alarm light. goes on every and time. <laughs> they they veto a song. <laughs> they veto a song. <laughs> whoop whoop whoop. Yeah. And then this is kind of a dick move by AJ. He burns the CD. <laughs> That's a dick move. 
that's like um, carnal sin. And, and then, and, and because it comes up later, store. he's like, dude, they burned my CDs. Like that wouldn't happen with vinyl, man. Yeah, like it would only warp it, and it might sound better. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much good, like just good dialogue. Yeah. And we li- we watched, which is not so. There are three cuts of this movie. There's the theatrical cut. There's the director's cut, which has yet to be released, which I would like to see. Then there's this remix cut, which adds... Because originally this movie... So this movie was originally... It was scripted as a as an R-rated movie. Um, and you could see elements of it. Yeah. It's, it's pretty hard. It's the, racy. Yeah. and there's, it's, ra- it's racy. And some it's of the, raunchy. It's, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's... It's comedically violent in its in its dialogue and it's in its behavior sometimes. Right, yeah. and there's there's some scenes with that kind of push the boundary. So we watched the remix edition, which adds fifteen minutes of footage, but apparently there was the, there was a cut of this movie that was way well over two hours long. What? Um, yeah, the director's cut. Okay, um, that's too long. Yeah, I I I think I Empire Records. Yeah, I'd like to see. Um, I kind of like a lot. Of, I guess a lot of fans like um, they like both, but apparently the remix version takes out a couple of very funny lines. Uh, one of which that uh, we we didn't see in the in the when Rex Manning is leaving and they all call him like an imposter mm-hmm. and everything. Before he leaves, he goes to the imposter. You might be right. Mm-hmm. The original line was, he goes like this. He goes. Why don't you all just fade away? <laughs> Which is him actually like projecting yeah. what's happening to him onto them. Yeah. <laughs> Which, but I, I, I think the remix version adds a lot because a lot of the scenes that were cut from the theatrical were just the, the them talking to customers and them interacting with each other about the music they like. I like that kind of stuff mm-hmm. because I would have loved to have worked in a record store like this. Mm-hmm. And... I mean, so like that's the kind of stuff that I like that gives this movie more character. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's not just I think so. I mean, I mean the independent video store that I saw this movie in while I was working was very similar. I mean, it was movies instead of music, um, but we were all excited about movies and would talk and talk and talk and talk about movies, right. you know. And it was fun and it was not a chain, so we didn't have to worry about corporate rules, stupid right. corporate rules. Yeah. Yeah. I miss stores like that. I know. And I remember, like, uh, you know, the smokers there would always take a smoking break. And I wasn't a smoker at the time, so I'd always say, can I take my non-smoking break, please? Why do the smokers get breaks and we don't? (laughs) The rest of us. Because they're addicted and you're not. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I didn't know being addicted came with benefits like that. Right? (laughs) Can I go get my Adderall break? (laughs) (laughs) I remember one guy, Bart, who... um, Oh, I won't go into too much of the backstory, but I found a pill in my shirt pocket during a shift once at, at this video store. And Bart was like, oh, and popped it in his mouth and took it and promptly passed out while he was cleaning the office and got sent home. So shenanigans like that, you know, they'll exist in, you know, at a Home Depot or at a, you know, Virgin yeah, Megastore right. or something like that. But I mean, it has more uh, personality to it when it's like, you know, an independently owned store. And the independently owned stores, there is a more of a family element thing oh, yeah, going on right. because it's it's more allowed. You know, yeah. even, even the owners will be more... Kind of like uh, Relax. parental, They're more relaxed, relaxed, but also kind of parental about yeah. their, you know, about their staff. And then, yeah, 
I mean, Anthony Laplet. We're La- just gonna call Aunt Tony. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, or Joe. Or Joe. Yeah. Let's call him Joe. It is a great. He's he's very much. It turns out, and in, in the scenes that are fleshed out between him and Lucas, he basically took in Lucas from a foster home. Oh wow. Yeah. Oh, I've that kind of went over my head. Yeah. Okay. So he was. Does, do they? Does Lucas live at his place or something? I don't think so. Okay. But, uh, but I think he Lucas has is, helped him out. Yeah. Okay. He's basically been a father figure for Lucas, and he acts like a father figure to the, everyone else. Like yeah. AJ is asking him, like, like, how do I tell Corey that I love her? And he, <laughs> his response is brilliant. He just goes, "You say I love you." <laughs> <laughs> And he goes, I'm not really sure. It's great, too, because he's like, I'm not really sure I'm qualified to give love advice. He goes, my wife left me for another woman. My girlfriend just had me leave at gunpoint. Yeah, <laughs> my last girlfriend. Yeah. There's so many great lines in this movie. Um, and once again, he's so good at playing the boss. Um, there's just this rage, like, underneath him. His whole... Uh, you know, being for that day because right. he's worried about this money. You know, he wants to, he's and he does let loose on Lucas. He actually, he doesn't beat Lucas up so much, but he definitely knocks him around a little bit in his office. You know, and so it's, I you know today that would be a lawsuit. You know, fiesta, but uh, you know you you do see in the context of this movie and its time that this is tough love that's going on because Lucas has pushed it all, yeah. all the way. Right. He yeah. kind of like, yeah, yeah because um, he was trying to save them all from Musicland. Nobody knew about it. Lucas came across it. Yep. Um, that kind of spurned him on. And then he quotes, he goes, in the words of the immortal doors, the time to hesitate is through. <laughs> and he takes all this money, goes to Atlantic City. He doubles his money. Then he falls right to right into what the casinos love for you to do let it ride until lose it's it all all gone all gone and but uh, the only thing is i'm surprised I mean, he roughs up i mean joe roughs him up but i'm surprised he didn't rough him up sooner because his answers to joe when he first shows up are so smart assy yeah that i was just like wow i know what is the money doing in Atlantic City, Lucas? Circulating? I'm like, dude, like that is not the answer. That is not the answer you give. Yeah, you don't want to see Lucas in an interrogation room. <laughs> is it coming that'll... back from Atlantic City? <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> right. What is it doing in Atlantic City? Yeah, just like he's like, well, it could be in many different cities now. I don't know. I'm just like, wow. So when he gets smacked around, I didn't really have a problem with it. Uh, he finally pushes Joe too far. Joe doesn't want to turn him into the police. He said no. he very easily could. Um, yeah. But then we have Warren getting turned into the police. Then Warren shows back up with a gun. With blanks. Oh, so those were... <laughs> yeah, they were blanks. That's why he doesn't get arrested the second time. Because um, the cops are there. They go, well, he's a minor. And he <laughs> he goes... And he had a gun with blanks. There's really not that much we can do. That um, that also wouldn't be that would the case lie. today. No, no, no. They, they, no, they no, would no, beat no, him no, to no, a pulp, probably, and then no. throw him into jail and give, put him on death row. Oh, he would be. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Unfortunately, the landscape. So yeah, we're dealing with. Uh, it not, was fun back then, dude. Ninety-five. It was fun. That was when you could bring a. 
<laughs> a gun with blanks into a store. Well, no. <laughs> Maybe that. Maybe nineteen seventy-five. <laughs> Even then, maybe nineteen twenty-five. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this, but I mean, there's just. I mean, there's some heavy topics in this. We've mm-hmm. got suicidal ideation. Yeah, I mean, is it suicide? Is was that an was that a suicide attempt or was self mutilation? She uses like a disposable pink razor with a moisturizer slip right. slip on it. To try to cut her wrists, so that's probably a suicidal attempt. Yes. A suicide attempt. Okay. But, of course, you know, she couldn't even pierce the skin with that thing. Um, although no, she, she does manage that. Yeah, but, but she, I think she it, says she could barely pierce her yeah, skin she until barely, she really, like, pushed hard or something right. like that. So there's some heavy topics. Mm-hmm. They bring up... Um, there's a very heavy scene between Renee Zellweger and Liv Tyler where they're screaming at each other. Mm-hmm. Liv Tyler's talking about, are you going to screw every guy until your tits fall down to your knees? Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, at least I'm not pretending that everything's all perfect when, like, you know, I could be on the honor roll and do all this kind of stuff if I was high on speed all the time. Yeah, I could cram for exams every night, too. Right. So there's some heavy, heavy <laughs> yeah. stuff in this movie. Yeah. Um, but it's still, I mean, it's the, the heavy stuff is treated seriously. And I like the fact that, like, they realize their friend's in trouble, so they plan a fake funeral for her. Mm-hmm. Which is, like, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it, it, it's really, it's really kind of, sweet. I mean, it gets kind of ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Especially like, since, the, what, there's only one person manning the store while uh, they're doing that, and the store's busy. You don't see much of customers. That's the thing. When they come in bursts. They do come in bursts, but for the most part, it could be just you know a store that gets no business at all. It's just the staff hanging out. Right. If you you know base well, things on face value from this movie. Sure. <laughs> but I mean the interactions with the cut. But but I mean there's a line out the door for Rex Manning. Yes, Let's not there forget is. about that. Yes, there but is. I mean. We've got a really old lady singing "Say No More." <laughs> oh, dear, and poor, yeah, Rex. I mean, you, you know, Rex is a is a <clears throat> douchebag, but you see just why he is, and the road that has led to him where he is now. You see it all very, very clearly. And, and <laughs> upon arrival, and upon in <laughs> in the deleted scenes, we get he gets like really humanized more Mm -hmm. there's a scene where because his manager left his car doesn't come to pick him up so he's just Mm -hmm. like hanging out back talking to burko talking about how he used to love playing the guitar well burko yeah right yeah and he's and he says like the last two albums they didn't even let me play guitar yeah and burko says that that would never happen to me and rex says uh you hold on to that thought yeah so yeah, I mean, walks away. There's a lot of indictments. Walking of, home. Yeah. <laughs> but then he shows back up in another deleted scene to, to rock out to say no more. more yeah, no more. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so this movie's just, I mean, it, it, it's a, they say it's one of like the iconic 90s movies. And I would kind of have to say for a certain group of people that it definitely is. Well, it sounds like it's got more of a following than Reality Bites, which did not do what it was supposed to do nope. to that generation. I liked the movie, but you know, to, it was that's easily forgotten. And is it because is there really a following for reality? Oh, there Bites? is. Yes, I'll I'll bet the I'll bet the following for Empire Records is bigger. I'm sure it was, but um, no, Reality Bites is on the list and it's on the shelf. Oh, yeah. Okay, it's already on the list. All right, but no, yeah, it's kind of like um, 
you have certain movies that kind of sum up the um like the teenage feeling of of a generation reality bites is more so of the post college mm-hmm. years this is kind of like cuz we're dealing here with high school kids mm-hmm. or people that just recently graduated high school mm-hmm. having like their fun like the fun job in high school mm-hmm. like before it turns into reality bites into yeah, yeah. right <laughs> adulthood hits and they're I mean, like what yeah, and that's another movie with another great soundtrack. So that's true. It would actually probably make for a very good double feature to yeah. watch this and then Reality Bites, like you said. Yeah. This is like pre-Reality Bites. Right, right. Um, where every do, like your world that, is though. so wide open, like you you have the freedom to start a band called Mark, with a C. <laughs> uh, you know, before all your hopes and dashes, are, all your hopes and dreams are dashed by reality. Yeah, right. Um, exactly. I mean, it happened to me. That, that it happened to you too, didn't it? In a way, kind of. I okay. think it happens you to kept, everybody in a way. You kept on. You became a musician. You stayed be- as a musician. Yeah, but I mean, like, I'm not a professional musician. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. So, like, well, and I'm not a professional actor, so I used to be. But yeah, you know, yeah. So we all, yeah, yep. so uh, yep. We're gonna get off our pity pots. Now, yeah, right? we let's are. talk about some <laughs> more fun stuff. Um, so what would you say, what what was your favorite scene from this movie? What was my favorite scene from this movie? Wow. Um, oh, I don't know to tell you the truth because the whole movie works so well as a complete piece and like every every scene is kind of a little piece of the puzzle. Um, Was there a particular sequence that really kind of stuck with you? Any particular lines? Well, I liked the I liked the musical sequences. I liked when they would put something on uh, to play in the store and then they would all da- sing and dance around to it. I liked that aspect of it. Um, I, once again, I liked I liked Anthony as Joe, and I liked all the scenes that he had. For the most for the most part, there was you know I always talk about some suspension of disbelief when I see certain plot points happen when I I don't think that it would have worked. But like when he yells at everybody in the store, all the staff. <laughs> I mean, the, where are the customers then? <laughs> like, are they having to listen to this too? They yeah. would. No, well, because yeah. they were dancing along with the the employees. I know, and he's cussing them out. He's like bitching at everybody. Yeah, and he yeah. So I mean, the uh, that one. Okay, so okay, so that's so maybe that is more plausible than I initially gave it credit for. But all the scenes that he has with everybody give uh, once again a gravity, a substance to what's going on. You know, he he's he he really. The fact that he does care, he does. You know, trickles through the whole movie, right? Through er- all the characters, you know, yeah. th- he's going to influence them. He's very much the father figure mm-hmm. of this store, mm-hmm. and so I mean, they, they so they come up with this idea. They're like, "Well, I mean, how are we going to save the store? Um, we don't want to become a, a, a music land. Like we like Empire Records the way that it is, and." Um, Mark has this great idea that they're hauling Warren Beatty away for the second time after he tried to shoot up the store. The news, the news is there, and he runs out and he goes, "Yeah, I was an eyewitness." And he goes, "Come back to Empire Records and like save the store, live music, beer, and all this kind of stuff." And um, oh, right, yeah, that's how like that's how they that's, get that's that's how the party starts and yeah. that's how the money starts coming in. 
Right. It's yeah. a newscaster who's reporting on the event. And and who is it again? Mark. Who's, it's Mark. It's Mark who's doing that. That's hilarious. That was actually a very, very funny scene. Yes. <laughs> Where he's just in the background photobombing the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, come by tonight. Yeah. Tonight. Tonight. Come here. <laughs> and then so they start, like, it looks like they're selling, like, like these huge art pieces. One of the things I noticed, there's this huge Alice in Chains uh, cover art like this huge mural i guess you used to call them subway posters yeah huge posters yeah so they start selling some of the stuff they normally wouldn't sell they're gonna have live music they're gonna sell beer they have donations um they've got the magic brownies they can sell no i think mark ate them all oh. no mark ate them all and then there's a scene where he's watching a guar video and then and he, he sees himself in it. He appears in the Guar video, and then he is eaten by one of the Guar. I mean, if you've ever seen Guar live, they actually do have this huge, like, monstrous puppet thing that will eat members it, of the audience. It, it looks like one of the, what is it, the sandworms in Dune? Kind of looks like a sandworm in Yeah. Dune, but it kind of looks like... A, it, it's it, like Audrey it, too, also. Yeah. In, in a lot of ways. It's kind of like, um, yeah, if the Muppets were, like, compl- <laughs> like obsessed with death metal yeah. and, like, gross stuff yeah. because the lead singer has a very huge... Um, prosthetic. Prosthetic. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he, ap- he appears... I mean, the music reminded me of Gigi Allen. I mean, it's that kind of thrasher punk type of stuff. Sure, yeah. except there was a lot less blood and poop than right. a Gigi Allen show. <laughs> you mean at a Guar show, <laughs> there's a lot less. Yes. Gigi Allen who does all that. Yeah, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, we'll talk about Gigi Allen in a future episode, I'm sure. Um, or not. Oh, please, can we? We could, we could. The documentary on him is actually quite, quite interesting. Oh, I don't know if I can... Okay, we'll, we, we shall discuss. So, um, yeah, so if you've uh, never heard of Gigi Allen, uh, Google Gigi Allen and uh, <laughs> watch some of his stuff. Actually, it's probably if not on you YouTube. Dare. If you dare. Um, he, uh, Guar is a lot more fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. They're very presentational. Yeah, team. it's a show. I yeah. mean, th- this is a show. You go for some great rock music, but you're going to get a stage show as well. Um, and Mark gets eaten, um, but that's all in his stoner mind. But because it was PG-13, there was no... Um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have gotten that. I didn't get that. And I... Yeah. And you were stoned when we were watching this. <laughs> Shh. <laughs> so, um, uh, where were we going? I don't know. Oh, what no, else? no. So they have this big idea, and they're going to have, um, so they have the band playing the marquee. Renee Zellweger gets up to do the nerve to sing. They yeah. play this great song, yeah. um, Sugar High, I think it's called. Yeah. And um, they save the store. The owner comes, comes in, and he's all... Um, Tied up like a knot. He's the only one manning the cash register. And he's he goes, like, doesn't a... anybody work here? And then Warren Beatty shows back up. And he goes, I do. Yeah, and shows him his, his shows honorary him badge. badge. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> Employee um, badge. But, yeah, there's just so much fun. Uh, one of the things that was taken out of um, of the theatrical cut that's in the extended remix um, is... I've never heard of a movie edit being called that go ahead because it's a music movie yeah okay all right that works that does work got you now i'm with you all right yeah go on so um liv tyler has decided that she is going to throw herself at rex manning that's right and that she's going to lose her virginity to rex manning right at the ripe old age of 17 at the ripe yes yes all Um, right 
and continue. Go ahead. So and she's ta- she's borrowed Renee Zellweger's um, red bra. Red bra, thank right? You. Because fire engine red. Yes, to go with her nice white panties. Yes. So and she yeah. brings. She demands. <laughs> she goes. Um, Joe, you're the best boss in the world. Can I bring Rex Manning his lunch? He's like, no, Burko's bringing him his lunch. And then, she, like, after a couple times of asking politely, he goes, no, Burko's bringing him his lunch. She slams her fist on his desk and goes, Joe, I need to bring Rex Manning his lunch. And she goes, okay, you can bring Rex Manning his lunch. The loss of my virginity depends on it. So she's lighting candles uh-huh. and... Yep. She sits this, down to eat and... He sits down to eat. Rex He does. sits down to eat and she's talking to him. She goes, I used to dream about... When I watched you on that show, I used to dream about marrying you. And she goes, you must have been a kid. She goes, I'm not a kid anymore. He goes, well, how old are you now? 17. And she starts undressing. I goes, don't think she tells him how old she is. She does. She does? He okay. asks. Okay. Because I'm sure he's been in this position before. Sure. Where you need to make sure. Yep. Um, consent yes. is always important. Yes. Even in a fictional movie. But it's still underage. Now, depending on the state. It's, oh, that's it, true. You're right. Okay. Could be fine. Right, right, right. So go ahead. So somebody. So she starts. If you're to, listening to this, Google uh, yes, consent laws in, in your state. Yes, in your state especially, but also I think this takes place in Delaware. So let's make sure Liv Tyler was uh, legal. Yeah. Anyway, where was I? Oh uh, yes, she, she has, starts undressing. Yes. He goes. You really want to do this? She goes. Yes, I really do. And then this is the scene that was cut from the theatrical. It just cuts to her leaving disgusted, and people were kind of confused why she was so disgusted. Turns out, you can see it in this extended, unrated remix. He unzips his pants, pours blue cheese salad dressing on his genitalia, and says, I hope you like the taste of blue cheese. Does he actually pour it on? Yes. Really? That went over my head, too. See how I block certain things out? Uh, I wish I blocked that out. He poured it on. He poured or it does on. He, or he's about, he's about to. to. He's, he's about, about to. to. And he goes, I hope you yeah. like the taste of blue cheese. Yeah. That's that's almost vague enough, you know, to kind of not get it, but you get it, you know. And that's right. what that's what that's what grosses her out and she leaves. Right. Okay. And then um so she Okay. And then Renee Zellweger seduces him because she says, Listen, it's a gift. I can tell any what what color and style a man's of underwear that they're wearing. And he goes, oh, really? What am I wearing right now? She goes, blue briefs. Jockeys. 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 Blue jockeys. jockeys. Turns out he is wearing blue jockeys. Yep, she was right. So uh, she gets to mm, him. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And they have sex in the copy copy room on top of the copy machine. Yeah. And then... Everything comes to a head at that point. Yeah, yeah. Everybody knows they're all standing outside. Yeah, waiting for them to come out. Yeah, and Joe's like, "Where's so and so?" And he's like, "Where's Rex Manning?" And like Robin Tootie goes, "I think the more important question is where is whatever Renee Zellweger's character is, Gina. Where's Gina?" And they just all of them just turn to the room and they hear the noise and they're yeah. just like... They hear the copy machine going yeah. and going and going, and photocopying you can, you, their butts. Yeah, and you can hear some... Uh, what else? And whatnot. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, he comes out and uh, AJ flips out on him. Uh, Corey flips out on Gina. They all start fighting amongst each other. And then that's the scene where Rex Manning leaves. And he asks where his manager is. Because <laughs> he... Goes, he she quit, mm-hmm. and then that that's and then they all say. By the way, we all really hated your music. 
you're you're a poser, yeah. you're an imposter. Um, yeah, and he admits it. Yeah, he you goes. Know, he's you well, might be right. Yeah, you might be right, and and leaves. Then he leaves. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, more of the scenes with Debbie Mazer are in the remix cut between her and Joe. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, because um, they have a shining for each other. They do. Yeah, it's cute. And it, it is not as evident in the theatrical cut. Okay. And it kind of doesn't make sense to why she shows up later because people are like, what? What? Why is she here? Yeah. Because they, they have these scenes where they, they talk about they talk about their dreams yeah. and, and stuff. I'm like, yeah. she's like, I used to be a lot more interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, then now I'm managing Rex Manning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So I mean, it, it, there's a lot here. There's a lot of layers in this movie. It's very, very funny. Mm-hmm. It handles some very. It brings up some very philosophical questions about like, what like what do you really want out of life? And Joe kind of. I think he's kind of said, you know, he probably dreamed of being a rock star at at a certain age, and now he's just like, I love Empire Records. That's what I want to do. Like I want to own Empire Records. Like that's gonna be what I do. And yeah, I mean, he does. He does more in the fact that he's. Went from being an aspiring musician to uh, managing a record store, right. but I mean, owning and saving a record store from uh, you know a corporate takeover is actually uh, something to be proud of. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So and that is a that is a good dream. And um, yeah, there's a great scene of him rocking out on the drums, playing. Uh, he's blasting. So he's good. I mean, you can tell that Anthony is good at the drums. He looks like he's actually playing. Yeah. So I'm not, I, I don't know if he's, is right. or you, isn't. And you were saying that, uh, I don't that think, Mark, you don't think Mark I don't think he's really Gwar. playing in Gar. I think that that was just an unplugged guitar and he's just it, making the stuff up. Well, you would know better than I did, do, but I mean, I, I, I was pretty convinced. I thought that it was him, like, jamming away like that. Okay. I don't think so. Okay. But, but um, now there's a great scene where they're playing um, ACDC's If You Want Blood, You Got It. He's rocking out on the drums. Yep. AJ's doing air guitar. And Lucas is doing his great uh, Bond Scott. If you've ever seen AC, like the original ACD dancer, he does a great impression of him. He's like, got that very, physicality. Yeah, he's got that very rigid movement. Uh-huh. Almost, it's almost like, like, like Mick Jagger. It is. It's, it's like an Australian. And, and yeah, he's like a rigid. He's not as groovy as Mick Jagger. It's more of like a rigid Mick Jagger. And Warren, Warren Beatty is, of course, jumping all around like a goofball. Yeah, he, um, he kind of like breaks down and does it, like in a good way. He's like resisting, resisting. Yeah. He's like, ah, I'll join in. Right. Then there is that funny moment when they put something on in the store, and and the store turns into a mosh pit for a second. What was that song? Uh, I think that was a Guar song. Okay. Okay. I think that was a Guar song. Yeah. Um, and that that gets nixed too. I think. Yeah. It's like, no, we can't it's have very a mosh funny pit because going on in the store. You could see it. It says metal section, and then Mark's moshing with all these guys, and then Renee Zellweger is like walking mildly through them <laughs> to go to veto the song. <laughs> she says it's too early in the day. It riles up the customers. <laughs> I mean, there's just so many. I mean, good the to... store is not geared towards customers at all. It's no, not geared towards because... the staff. Which is hilarious. I mean, have you worked? You've worked jobs like that, haven't you? Where it's just like it's almost like you. It's a, it's almost like you don't care and want to be mean to the customers. It's like we're this is our place, you know, type of thing. Well, I worked <laughs> in a mom and pop video store, mm-hmm. so at very times it was me. Yeah, and th- on a Wednesday night, I'd probably maybe between when I when I came in at four to when we closed at nine. Maybe a dozen customers. Okay. Like on a Wednesday night, like yeah. during the school year. Yeah. Like obviously, during the holidays and summertime, picks up. But like, you know. Yeah. Who's renting movies? 
like at the you know random weird people. Okay. Um, plus we had a porn section, so yeah, more random weird people. Yeah, world, um, world of video like made most of its money from its uh, porn section. Yeah. So like it was like my own thing. Like I could play my own music. I could watch any movie I wanted. Obviously, if somebody came in that I knew would be offended, I would turn it down or i would pause the movie okay but, but like conscientious you know. oh yeah yeah I'd be right. con- but it was still like my place yeah that's cool i remember one time at our video store like uh they were playing breakfast club in the middle of the day and just to be obnoxious i was like isn't this rated r we're not supposed to be watching rated r stuff during the day and one of the owners happened to be within earshot and she was like he's right turn it off <laughs> take it off i didn't mean to do that it's just Dude, the breakfast that's a club dick move, I didn't mean to that's like burning the cd <laughs> but i mean this is you know same type of antics yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm sure you were yeah i'm sure your employees really loved you with that oh, they, they were pissed yeah <laughs> they should have pelted you with jelly beans <laughs> m&ms not jelly beans <laughs> all right M&M's might hurt. You could put that, like you could put somebody's eye out with a peanut in M&M. Well, I, th- what were they using in uh, Empire Records? Were those chocolate M&M's that she was darting those at people? Yeah. I think those are the little ones. Yeah. All right. It can hurt. It's like a BB. Right in people. What's the most dangerous candy to be pelted with? Skittles. Those are pretty. Mm. Yeah. If you shoot that from a gun, especially. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So right in, Slingshot. hit us up, Instagram, <laughs> Twitter, at Cold Film Comp. What, what, what is your favorite movie snack that could also be a violent weapon? We could be inciting with this comment. Could we? <laughs> For all legal purposes, this was strictly a joke. This purely hypothetical. Purely hypothetical, yes. We're not suggesting that anyone, like... Come out with a test and pelt people with various pelt people with marshmallows. That's there nice. you go, that, like they do in Bugsy Malone. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's that's the way to go. So um, there's not a lot behind the scenes. This movie just kind of, I mean, the 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 cast and crew, the, everyone got along well. Um, it was the higher ups that really didn't like the movie. Um, if they had gone with the first test screening, which they should have and marketed it this this movie would have been a, a much bigger hit because obviously the audience found it and saved it uh-huh to this in the, very in the long run in the yeah. long run mm-hmm. and um it's like clockers there's a movie called clockers with parker posey and tony collette and a bunch of others that was a sleeper but yeah you know, a, v, a vhs hit i remember so, yeah but um Um, I have to say that Maxwell Caulfield does better singing in Empire Records than he did in Grease 2. Well, that's a plus. Yeah. Oh, and uh, a great bonus feature if you pick up the DVD is you can get the full Say No More, Mon More music video. Yes, which you inflicted upon me after viewing Empire Records. More like I blessed your eyes with. <laughs> <laughs> they got they put a tent up in the beach and filmed it that's they all were they all, did it was filmed in one day mm-hmm. in Wilmington Beach they were only the, the, the crew was set out it wasn't the, the director it was like a second unit crew they were like just go get 30 seconds and we'll splice together a music video they did the whole thing and they did the whole thing why it, not why not because it's che- it's so cheesy mm-hmm. it's 
But, I mean, the fact that people still celebrate Rex Manning Day, um, that's just, like, cult proof alone. I mean... Yeah, that's it, yeah. So. When you told me that, I said, okay. <laughs> it's so. on the list. So, and, and it of, is a good segue. And yes, you heard right, listeners. We are doing three musicals in a row. Do not stop following us. Um, they're interesting musicals. Trust me, it's for, for the month of April. Um all three of them will, you know, are worth talking about. They're all worth talking about, and um, besides for the main show with me and Andrew, there will be other episodes with guests. So you, if musicals aren't your thing, I suggest you check out all of our episodes. But if musicals, for whatever reason, you're like, oh, I really don't want to listen to them talk about a musical. There'll be other stuff. Or check out our back catalog. We have over 30 over 30 now oh man 30 episodes of cult film gold going on there wow so we thank you all for tuning in um i was trying to think if there's anything last minute i wanted to say about empire records i just think it's one of those movies that i mean just maybe because i'm a child at the time um but it's got a great soundtrack it's got great characters and um I mean, it's just a lot of fun, and I'd be very interested as long as it was. I I agree with Andrew. If there was a, a they came up with some original musicals um, numbers, I think that this would be a very interesting Broadway um, presentation. It, it'd be fun. It sure. Would. I mean, the set would be easy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And there's so many. There's a lot of fun characters in there, and they're uh-huh. all very very quirky. They're all so. worthy of a song. So absolutely. <laughs> yep. Especially Mark. Mm-hmm. The sea. No, he could definitely sing about his love for Corey. Yeah. Oh, no, that no, was AJ. AJ. Mark could have his own, yeah, like, rock out punk so. song. And and this movie, it, it gets the ending that it deserves. They pay off the owner. The owner says, I'll sell it to you cheap. He goes, you clearly love this place. Like, we'll sell it to you cheap. And then we get them all dancing on the on the on the rooftop. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a really nice, mm-hmm. sweet movie, and it's it's so much fun. There's so many quotable lines in it. Uh, it's worth revisiting. Whichever cut you get, the theatrical or the the extended remix, as it were. But um, yeah, definitely has earned its cult appeal and um, has earned its cult status and. Rex Manning Day, as long as social media th- is still a thing, Rex Manning Day will never die. So remember, every April 8th, if you're listening to this when it's the day that it's dropped, it is April 8th, it is Rex Manning Day. We urge you all to share the love of Rex Manning Day by sharing this episode with with someone. And then we also urge you that every April 8th, from here on now, you make this episode a part of your Rex Manning Day. That it is Rex Manning approved. So, for Andrew, my name is Chris. And the Cole Film Companion Podcast, available at blindknowledge.com, on Newsly, on all major podcast platforms. Twitter, at cultfilmcomp. Instagram, cultfilmcomp. Send us messages. Send us some love. Uh, recommend us to a friend. Recommend us to your family. Recommend us to uh, the Rex Manning in your life. <laughs> Good night.
You call me on the car phone with the je ne sais quoi. You say you need a little of my ooh la la. I know you get tired in your canopy bed. But say no more, baby, I'll be running every red. Say no more, no, no, no. I'll bring my lover right to your front door. Here I come, baby, you tied Lips off, kiss baby, say no more. Say no more. Say no more. No, no more. Don't be at the trial in aggressive rose. Got grandma's so distracted by your black negligee. You still be everything with that look on your face. But say no more, baby, let's cut to the chase. Say no more, more no more. I'll bring my lover right to your front door. Here I come, baby, you tied Lips off, kissing, baby. Say no more. <laughs>